Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, December the 21st, Thursday, a couple days before Christmas. I just literally got into Erie. I was in Florida a couple days, and I just got off the plane in Pittsburgh this morning at about 11.50, got in the car, and I drove up here to be with you because probably we're not going to have podcasts next week, and I didn't do it last week because it was crazy, and I wanted to at least do this for Christmas, and then we'll take a break after Christmas. So, uh, welcome. You are at uh, Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I'm Father Larry Richards, in case you are wondering. And we'll talk about Christmas and that today. And so let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great God of love and mercy, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us and help us to truly enter into intimacy with you this Christmas. May this Christmas not be a ritual that we go through, but a relationship that we enter into greater intimacy. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So, uh, <laughs> someone just uh, texted me, so I'm glad I have everything turned off. Anyway, so... Um, I have um, um, just took a couple days away, got to see friends of mine down in um, uh, Myrtle, not Myrtle Beach, uh, Marbridge Beach down. Uh, Father John Giel is uh, one of the vicar generals of the Diocese of Orlando, a good friend of mine. So I went down there and had dinner with him on Tuesday. And then last night, a couple I married... Uh, uh, Dr. Chris Scuderi and his wife and his kids and his parents, we went to dinner in uh, Fernando Beach in, um, up past Jacksonville, and it was freezing down there. When I first got off the plane in Jacksonville on Tuesday, it was like 30 degrees. I'm thinking, oh, but at least the sun was out. So um, didn't get much time to relax, but at least I got out of here to try to get my head in gear. I don't know if it worked. I don't know if my head's ever been in gear. Uh, so we'll see. Anyway, so welcome. Let's focus uh, uh, and talk about Christmas. So if you've been with us uh, in my parish and what I talked about uh, for Advent, getting ready for Advent, we used Mary as our example to follow this Advent. So hopefully everybody has been uh, following and uh, doing uh, got the things off the internet and uh, uh, did something every day to focus on saying yes to God's holy will, how to be a servant, and uh, what to praise God for. So I put the sheets out that had for every day of this uh, since beginning of Advent till uh, this Sunday. Well, uh, all the um, how to focus every day to make sure that we're entering in trying to seek God's will. Huh? And I think it's a, it's a different way of looking things. Like, again, I am um, the spiritual director of CMLA, which is Catholic Men's Leadership Association. And I was talking to the uh, vice uh, executive director uh, today. He called me on my way up driving from Pittsburgh. And my biggest thing is we got to reach out to priests more. And um, 
because sometimes men sit there and see there's uh, like a fight between priests and men, which should be the exact opposite. You know, we need to be um, the ones that held up Moses' hands, you know, Aaron and that that held up Moses' hands while the battle was going on. And sometimes we want to let the priest go and we'll do the battle and, you know, the priest can do his little stuff. But notice when the people are fighting without the intercession of the priest, Moses, they were losing. And so, too, if we try to do stuff without the priests in the church, that we lose. Uh, And that's what I keep trying to talk about and how the men have to start uh, supporting priests so that they can really go into the battle they deserve. And so he said, how do I do this? How do we do this, Father? And I says, years ago, I had a great couple that came to me when they were joining the parish. And uh, they, they came and met with me before they joined. And they says, uh, Father, what can we do for you? And then what can we do for the parish? And that was still to this day the greatest thing anybody's asked me as a pastor or as a priest. Because usually people are always looking at, Father, what can you do for us? Oh, Father, you're not orthodox enough. Father, you know, I don't agree with your theology. Or Father, you know, you're not a holy priest like this one. And we judge our priests instead of uh, supporting them. And my biggest thing is when when it comes to priests, um, they will listen to you if they know that you love them and support them. They will dismiss you if they know that you are going to judge them and always make comments about how they're not good enough for you and your theology. So my big thing, and there's a whole list of things I put out, um, so the men, I said, should go to their priests individually and say, Father, you know, what can I do for you? Gosh, that would be fantastic. And Father, what can I do for the parish? Because Again, too often, we are telling them, this is what you need to do, Father. This is what, you know. And again, so we all come from our own perspectives about what's important. And uh, sometimes it aligns with what the pastor does, and sometimes it doesn't. And then you have competition. And competition should not be what it is. It should be always us focusing on Jesus and doing what Jesus is asking us to do. Now, I say this because that's what I have been trying to get us to do for Advent when it comes to God. God, what do you want of me? And God, what do you want me as a gift? What's my gift for you for this Christmas? But then some people were taking that so personally that it was only between me and Jesus, which was the exact opposite of what I was asking people to do. But I was saying, now you have to use the gifts that God has given you to build up the body. So when you're asking Jesus, if there's a private thing, you know that Jesus is asking you to give up TV or to tithe more, take care of the poor, to be pure, whatever it is, then that is a good gift to give him. But then he's also going to ask you, because he's giving you gifts, to what gifts are you going to use to build up his body? So at my parish, I'm asking everybody to commit on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, so this Sunday and Monday, to, uh, they can do something personal, but I have these uh, nice sheets made up about my gift to Jesus this year is this, and then they have put their email and phone number and their name, uh, and then commit to a ministry in the parish for one year. 
And I just think that one of the biggest problems in the church, and there's many, I get it, is that people want to be waited on instead of doing their uh, doing their part. Huh? About it's easy for us to sit back and judge everybody, and I don't like the liturgy, I don't like the preaching, I don't like the music. And again, as I've said a million times, that if you're just complaining, you're not doing any good for the body of Christ, you're not doing any good for the priest, you're not doing any good for yourself, and you're not doing God's will. You're just not. That if you're working side by side, then you, have a, then you can say something. So like when we want to do men's ministry, I sat there and says, if a person comes and says, Father, we want to do men's ministry here, they're not going to respond well, you know, because it's just another thing you're asking them. But if instead of coming with an agenda about this is what I want you to do for me, Father, and this is going to be good for the parish and good everything else, if you come to the priest and first of all support them as a person, um, because, again, I promise you that priests need support, huh? As you've heard, you know, when, I, when my stepfather died and nobody came, uh, no, uh, the priest didn't come, still didn't get a note from the bishop, and I, I won't, I get, I get it. Um, but even from my parish, uh, only three people came. Huh? Uh, one that of my foundation, Mo and her husband, and um, Dan Schaff, which is a parishioner, but that was it. So... Here I am, their pastor. Here I am uh, for 21 years, have been with them when family members have died, have been with them, um, you know, when they've struggled, whatever they've needed. Uh, And then it comes to me, and then everybody forgets, you know, that, oh, maybe, maybe my pastor needs help. Maybe my pastor needs support, um, and we do this, and it ain't about just me, it's talking about, do we do this to our priests? You know, do we support them? You know, again, a priest is a spiritual father. So just like you support your father, hopefully, um, you support your priests. And so, again, Mary, when she said, let it be done to me, I want to do your will, and then immediately she went and served, um, that's what all of us got to be doing. And this isn't just about priests. It's just about what are you doing for your parish? What are you doing to build up the body? You need to be doing something. So if you haven't uh, decided yet what you're going to do for Christmas, you better decide. It's only a couple of days. And you ask Jesus what he wants, not what you want to do. Because, again, we always have our agendas. Let's have no agenda when it comes to Jesus and just say, Jesus... I want to do what you created me to do, what you want me to do, to use the gifts that you have given me for the building up of the body so that I can give you a gift this year for Christmas. Huh? That's the point, that we give a gift to Jesus for Christmas. And so, again, like I always tell people, uh, the best thing to do with me is ask me. You know, and I'll tell you what I want, you know, and I, I do that because it's easier for people because they always say, well, Father, it's so hard to get you something. Well, here's the whole thing. I have a whole list. It's all gone now. But a whole list on Amazon and different things. This is what you want to do something here. You're most, uh, uh, I'm trying to make it easy for people. Um, 
So when it comes to Jesus, ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want of me for Christmas to build up your body, the church? To, you know, again, it comes to right before the new, the way we ended last year is he gave us the talents. What are we going to do with the talents? If he gave you 10, if he gave you five, is he give you one? The purpose is to build them up and use them to give them back to him because they're his talents and they're for him. They're not for us, right? And then when we do it for him, then he blesses us even more. But there's no takers in Christianity. And so we got to make sure that this Christmas, it's about Jesus. You're buying gifts for everybody else. You know, when I was just down in Florida, I was buying gifts for the people I'd see and, uh, making sure I still got a bunch of gifts. You know, we had our Christmas party last Friday, by God's grace. We had a, we had a fine time. Uh, we always have great entertainment. I started off the party not in a very good mood, you know, and it was, it was uh, uh, because uh, I never got all the decorating done, da, 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 everything got into a funk, and so I couldn't get it, and then people came five minutes early, and it drove me crazy because I wasn't ready. And then I'm still wrapping presents, and um, oh my. But by the end of the thing, we had a fine time. We were singing Christmas carols and everything else, and I have a fantastic staff with uh, my foundation and for my parish, so we had a um, fantastic staff, um, and we had a fantastic party, and uh, they put up with me even when I'm, uh, starting off in the mood. Uh, we got better, and we had a fine time, so it was fantastic. But anyway, so we can we continue on. So what is Jesus one of you for this Christmas? And then you got to sit there and think that, okay, when you're, con- when you're focused on Jesus, think about, uh, like there's a lot of you uh, that's going to have a hard Christmas this year, right? It's going to be a hard Christmas for me. There's just no other way around it. Um, And so we can sit there and think about how hard Christmas is or that we're alone and we're lonely and whatever it is. But you got to go back to the first Christmas. And it wasn't easy for Mary and Joseph. huh? Here they're traveling. Uh, they're refugees, if you will. I want, don't worry, I won't go crazy over that because people get all mad because we talk about the first refugees, uh, Joseph, and not the first, but Joseph and Mary were refugees. They came looking for shelter. Nobody would give them shelter. And of mercy and compassion, a guy gave them a cave or the stable, um, And so here's Jesus and Mary, far away from home, in a foreign land, alone. She's going to have a baby. Nobody cares. And that's what it comes down to, huh? Nobody cares for her or Joseph. So how do you think they felt? And though they go to have the God of the universe, the child, in a stable, or a cave, dirty, filled with manure, cow urine, whatever was in there, the hay. It was, if you've ever been in a place and there's hay around, hay is uh, itchy. It gets itchy. So here they are. They're going to give the God of the universe birth, and they are alone. 
They are in a stinky place. No one's helping them. They had to do the whole thing themselves. It had to be hard. But what saved them, Jesus first of all, of course, is they focused on Jesus. And when they focused on Jesus, then everything else didn't matter. It all became joy. Huh? And so for you and me, if this Christmas is hard, and even if it's not, we still got to focus on Jesus, I just encourage you to spend time with the Holy Family, to um, think about what they went through, how they were alone, how they had to do all this themselves, and how joy happened in the midst of all that stuff. They focused on Jesus. And let's go back for a moment there. The God the universe cannot contain decided that he would be born in a manger where it's dirty, where it smelled, where he was rejected. Why? To save you, to save me. You will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So he had to enter into us at our lowliest part to know that when all of us struggle, that he struggles with us. See, that's why to me, it's hard for me to get into these uh, images where, you know, Jesus is coming and he's going to get everybody and punish everybody and do all this stuff. And I'm like, the God of the universe came as a child to be one with us and to save us. And we got to focus on that. He is going to come back to judge the living and the dead. But again, when people talk about that, they always forget that when Jesus tells us how he's going to judge the living and the dead is whether we took care of the poor or not. <laughs> you know, you know, like, oh, no, 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 no. He's going to judge all those pagans, you know. And again, as an aside, when, uh, you know, it says the, uh, all the, uh, the hurricane or the earthquake hit the church this week with the thing of the Holy Father, and it's just like, and people are writing stuff, and I'm thinking, first of all, you do not know Jesus, and you're not focusing on Jesus. Jesus blessed everybody. We are not blessing sin. But Jesus hung out with sinners. And until you really know Jesus, you're not going to get that. You're going to judge the Holy Father, you're going to judge others and think, no, we can't do that. Jesus got into our skin. He ate and drank with sinners. And just by being with them, he was a blessing. And so all the people, I don't care if they're priests, cardinals, bishops, whatever, if they don't get it, I submit it's because they don't have an intimacy prayer with Jesus. They say their prayers. I'm not saying they're not praying, but they sure aren't listening. Why? Because they don't have the heart of Jesus. And how do you know you have the heart of Jesus? Because he gets into our mess. And if we're not willing to get into the mess of others, we can't save them. Jesus got into our mess as a child, vulnerable. We could have killed him. We could have stomped on him. He was totally dependent on us to save us. He didn't okay the mess. He 
saved the mess. And Christmas, we got to let Jesus come into us as we are and save our mess. Huh? That's what it's coming down to. And we got to then be willing to save people in their mess. So how do we save people when they're in their sin? We enter into intimacy with them so that they know the love of God, so that they no longer have to fill up that emptiness with things that aren't lasting. Huh? Years ago, I had a uh, great friend who was in seminary. He died of AIDS. And I was with him, and I supported him. Never supported his sin. But he was trying everything to fill up the emptiness in his heart. And as I said to him so many times, the only thing that's going to fill your emptiness is Jesus. And you see, once a person lets Jesus truly be born inside of them, that they no longer live, that Jesus lives inside of them, that saves us from our mess. But if always we're going to do is look down and say who's worthy or not worthy of the blessing of God, then we'll never be able to save them. And like I've been saying, I was with my friends, and I just says, I don't think people have a sense that how much God loves everybody and God wants everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. They will not come to the knowledge of his truth until they come to know the love of God and then they'll know that God is love and then they'll transform. Every, again, as we've talked about a million times, we're trying to get everybody to repent, to repent, to repent, to repent. Yes, they must repent. Yes, they must change their lives. But how do we get them there? By judging them, by throwing rocks at them, by saying you're not worthy or by meeting them where they are, never okaying their sin and nowhere nowhere in the document, again, many people don't have the sense to even read the document, nowhere does it okay sin, nowhere does it say we can bless the union, nowhere, 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 it says we can bless people, we can bless sinners, I bless sinners every single Sunday, every single day, there's people who come to church that are in bad marriages, or having sex outside of marriage, that are fill in the blank, that aren't taking care of the poor, I still bless them so that they can come to conversion of heart. This is what Christmas is about. Don't we get it? That God came into our mess to save us. So we got to be the instruments of salvation to others. Meet them where they are in their mess. Never okaying sin. And people, a couple people I block because I don't put up with this on my stuff. This is... uh, especially on my personal page, on my Facebook, I will not put up with people going against the Holy Father. So yesterday I blocked five people. They can get me in other ways, but I'm not going to let them say horrible things about the Holy Father on my page. It's my page. You want to come and say nasty things, I will make sure you're not there anymore. huh? But I'm still reaching out to them and other places. But I'm not going to put up with the garbage because, again, um, I got to reach out and meet them in their mess. But their mess has to be open. Huh? Jesus reached out to the Pharisees in their mess. But they weren't open. And so he would say, they're uh, sepulchers. 
darkened sepulchers. Jesus called. Again, I always sit there and uh, reflecting more and more that, you know, all the people that end up in hell, I believe, are the ones who judge everybody else. And God says, as, I, as you judge, so I judge you. You know, and all these people, I mean, all the hateful stuff, the hateful stuff. I promise you, and as I've said before, I would not be a Catholic. I would leave the Catholic Church because it's not the true faith. If what it is to be a Catholic is to be judging of the world and everybody else, and for priests to think that they're special and special and you have to obey me, and I would just leave. I mean, I'm tired of it to begin with. Just tired of the whole thing. That we have stopped being servants. We say we're servants, but we're servants to those who agree with us and obey us, and everybody else can go to hell sometimes, what people think. We got to desire everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. That's why Jesus Christ was born, and we got to be his instruments. So, this Christmas, first, ask Jesus what he wants, give him the gift with uh, the way the, again, think about the three kings, which is later, but they left wherever they were and brought the gifts to Jesus. They didn't ask for anything as far as we know. They only gave. They gave to Jesus. So first of all, will we be like that? Will we make this Christmas about Jesus and not about us? But when we do that, we ask him, and that's what we're doing with ministries, that I can be an instrument of salvation to other people. Wouldn't it be great if people came to you and me or when they stood before God on Judgment Day and they said, I came to know Jesus because of and put in your name or my name because they loved me even in my sin. Don't you remember when you were in sin? Don't you remember when you were far from God? And God loved you in the midst of your sin. And it was he who transformed you, that even gave you the grace to change. We must be instruments of that to others. So this Christmas, let it be about Jesus. Let it be about his church. Let it be about reaching out to the world to bring everyone into the intimacy of Jesus Christ so that they can be saved because that's why Jesus was born, to save us. And make sure that this time is just a time of intimacy. You'll get a letter from me tomorrow, and um, those of you who are part of the foundation, and uh, we send out our e-zine. If you're not on that, just sign up for it. Uh, just go to the Reason for Our Hope and sign up for the e-zine. And it'll go out tomorrow. And I always say every Christmas, um, you know, I can't take when you have all these Catholic organizations you are always asking for money. There's always an ulterior motive, everything they send out. You know, here, please send us a year, under the year donation. Here, help us to spread, you know, again, we did ours in, uh, we do it once a year, and we did it for Thanksgiving. So I always say for Christmas, don't you dare. We will not ask for anything. So I just say, just Merry Christmas. And it's just a reflection about how to have a good Christmas. And I encourage you to read it, not asking you for anything, not telling you anything, just sitting there saying, Merry Christmas, spend time with Jesus. Every year, one of my greatest things is for me 
is on Christmas Day to spend some time at the manger holding Christ. Because Mary will let you hold him. And when you hold the baby Jesus, we know that he's alive and he sees the face of God and he's resurrected. But we still celebrate him at his birth. And when you go into that manger and Mary looks at you and says, here, you want to hold him? And you hold Jesus and think about it. Here is the God the universe cannot contain. Here is the God that is beyond all the galaxies. And this God, this all-powerful God, became a baby for you. And when you hold that child who was born into your mess, into my mess, how can we not be anything other to, to others? And again, I know I say this uh, piously here now, and I don't live it. And I think I was sitting there reflecting a lot of that when I was away, because um, I keep people at a distance on purpose to save. Uh, part of it's a fearful thing. Part of it's because you know all the uh, as all of us. You know when I was um, when I was a young priest, I had everybody read. Uh, we used to I, I used to love the uh, Breakfast Club. Remember the Breakfast Club? and the one girl with the hair, and I'd sit there and I'd tell all the kids, I'd say, you ever see that? And of course, in those days, everybody watched The Breakfast Club. And there was the one girl, Ali Sheely, I think, or something, I can't remember her name fully. I'm not good at names. And she sits there and she says, it's unavoidable, it just happens. When you grow up, your heart dies. Huh? And uh, that's what happens. And I think because we've been hurt, um, and so what do we do is we, we uh, keep barriers up to stop that hurt from happening. That isn't the way Jesus was born. He was born, and he allowed us. We had the power to hurt him. And they were killing all the children around, but the God of the universe still humbled himself and did that for you. So please, enter into intimacy with Jesus this Christmas. Hold him. Pull him close to yourself. And know that every time you receive communion, you not only hold Jesus, you bring Jesus into your heart. And there he stays. So Christmas is the most fantastic time if you enter into it. Not as a ritual, not as a ceremony, not as a once a year holiday enter into the intimacy of the person of Jesus Christ and then be as he was and as he is to the world. You got it? You get it? You're going to live it? May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. Okay. Well, here we'll get to ask you some... Um, here you get to ask me some questions and we'll go through... Um, and see what you got to say, and I'll answer them as best I can. Hi, Harry. Hope you have a Merry Christmas over in France for our Blessed Mother. Happy St. Peter Canisius. Yes, I saw that today. I, I said Mass this morning at uh, 3.30 in the morning, 
and I remembered you and your intentions. Everybody was today. So before I got in the the uh, uh, plane today, so I got up early, did my holy hour, and did mass. Um, okay, Father, silly question. Maybe blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted in this life or the next. In both, huh? Um, part of the mourning is, if you look at the Beatitudes, part of the mourning isn't just mourning for, um, like when people die, but it's mourning for our sins. It's a part of the Beatitudes, if you look at them, are uh, we mourn and we weep for our sins. And then that takes us to holiness and everything else. So, but it's uh, part of it's now, I have to mourn of my sins so I can repent of them. Uh, so then I can then do God's will. Okay? Okay. Nice tan. I don't have a tan. I wasn't in the sun at all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, no tan. I wish I did. I couldn't even go out and I didn't even go to the beach because I was only there three days and it was freezing. I can't take cold. Anyway. Hello, Tony. Hello, nice tan. Uh, Amen. Greetings, Father Larry. I've been in Laura and Union of Holy Trinity. Good afternoon, Father. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Same to you all. Would love to hear your thoughts about uh, why I just talked about that. A lot of people are reaching out, uh, reacting out of proportion, saying the scandal and confusion. The only scandal and confusion is they're in their hearts because they haven't read it. They listen to these I was going to say nuts on the thing, but that's not very charitable. But that's pretty accurate, you know. Um, again, um, if people were serving and doing what they were supposed to do, instead of thinking that they know more than the Pope and the Church, uh, and they know the true faith, come on, we have the the Archbishop now starting his own seminary. He has excommunicated himself. He is no longer Catholic. No longer. He has separated himself from the faith as he has done this. And the people that follow him excommunicate themselves too. God still loves them. He still wants them to repent. But the people they're calling to repentance has nothing to do. They can't do it because they have separated themselves from the body of Christ. Because they're, don't you get it? The one that has the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Who has the keys? Peter. And if you're not following Peter, those keys can't get you into the kingdom. Don't you get it? When you separate yourself from the Pope, you separate yourself from the one that has the power of the keys. Whatever you declare bound on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you declare loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Separate yourself from Peter. You can separate yourself from heaven. Don't you get it? These people, they're filled with their own pride, and they think they know more. They haven't read it. They've listened to what nutty people say on the Internet, and they got to stop it. You know, I was just like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Drives me crazy. But it's Christmas, Ebenezer. I got to be better. Okay. Have a blessed Christmas and a healthy new year. A good afternoon from California. Thank you. Uh, Father, where can I find those daily sheets that you mentioned online? Uh, I took them off. They were on the internet, but I kept them on for two weeks. And now because Christmas is here, it's, uh, I don't think they're on. I think I took them all off. Let me just double check here. But I'll be on my um, website. St. Joe's, B-O-L.org. And uh, I had it up at this top, but I think it is gone. 
And because um, now I think it's just the Christmas, yeah, the Christmas mass schedule. Sorry, it was on there. Um, but if you email the foundation, someone will send it out to you. We can get it out that way, okay? Um, there you go. Dear Father Larry, we're praying for you and love you. Blessings, thank you. Mark and Lisa, good to hear from you up in Canada. But you got some snow up there. Uh, Raymond, Mother of Grace, I'm heartily sorry I've offended you. Uh, be more sorry you're offending Jesus. Our mother can take it. Jesus is what you have to worry about the most. A merry and blessed Christmas. Father, my number trigger on social media is when the post starts, well, real Catholics believe. Then they go on to embarrass themselves terribly. All we can do is pray for them. Yes, but I, part of my job as a priest is to correct them, you know, so they don't uh, separate themselves from God in this church. Um, and that's why I keep all the people on my other websites. It's, I mean, on my other social media, I just do it unless they're very um, attack me or whatever. Then we, uh, But anyone on my own personal stuff, but we deal with them on the other ones. Father, you're never alone at Christmas. You will be the whole church militant and triumphant. All the angels and saints, you got that right. The divine infant Jesus, all gifts, myrrh, and gold. Since I have nothing, I offer you, babe, my soul. Um, you have plenty. All the gifts God gave you, you have plenty. Use them for his glory. Okay, Jesus truly loved the sinners and saved them from their sins. He never yielded or condemned them, but he loved them as we should love others. Exactly correct. Pray for our fellow Catholic brothers and sisters who detract and defame Holy Father Pope Francis, trysting his words. You got it. Meet them where they are. Exactly. So, very good. Good job. Um, good and holy, praying. Uh, question, what's the best way to bring a Catholic back to the church? He believes you don't need to go to Mass and go to confession because God forgives him. Thoughts? Again, it becomes this we got to always uh, make sure that uh, it's never about me and Jesus. Huh? It's always about us. In the early church, there was no me and Jesus. We all enter into intimacy, but look at all the apostles. Even though they all had intimacy with Jesus, they also had intimacy with their brothers. That the early church, you know, Paul talks about, or I don't know if it's Paul Hebrews, that do not absent yourself from the assembly because we are the body of Christ. That's why, again, as I've been talking about Christmas, that we are focusing on what I'm going to do to build up the body of Christ. So other people, it's just about me and Jesus. And that's, that's not heaven. Heaven's a place where God loves us, where we love him, and we're going to love each other forever in heaven. Even your enemies, your, the people you hated the most, if they get there, you're going to love them more than you have loved anybody on this earth. Huh? And so the church is supposed to be that. Um, so the church is always us. It's not me and Jesus. And that's where the problem comes. So uh, like I use the example when someone sins and say, it's just between me and Jesus. No, it's part of the body. In the early church, you had to make a public confession because they knew to hurt Christ was to hurt the body. To hurt the body was to hurt Christ. Remember when Jesus said to Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting who Jesus was in, his brothers and sisters. And so we have to always get beyond, especially in America, this mindset of me and Jesus to always, to be part of Jesus is to be part of his body. 
And so when Jesus gives us the mass and he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you, I would take that seriously. Huh? And uh, so there's a lot more, but, you know, but again, pray for them. And I think that if they, if the, see, <coughs> the problem is the deepest need in everyone's heart, of course, is to be loved. And so if we are people who are, the, so when they come to church, it should be the most loving place there is. If not, then people don't want to come because they feel they're going to be judged. They feel it's going to be boring. They feel whatever because they don't know Jesus. And um, they don't want to get to know others sometimes. The church must become the place of love incarnate. Now, again, that doesn't mean we tiptoe through the tulips and we... We get all la, 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 la. That's not what I'm talking about. But it means that we um, take care of each other. huh? Like Again, my style of loving people is not an easy style. huh? I pick on people. That's what I do. Um, whom I love, I chastise. I always use that from Hebrews, you know. Um, but again, if the people, you can tell the people I care for because I pick on them. If I don't pick on them, that's not usually a good sign. And I don't pick on them to make them cry. I have to watch when I'm doing it with women because they're more sensitive, of course. Uh, not always, but normally. Uh, guy humor is just, you know, call each other bad names and everything else. It's not good. And I think that Jesus, when he was with the apostles, it was a man's club in lots of ways. But it wasn't just them. The women were with them, huh? And so they, we, we act differently uh, with women. I'm, I know he did. But everything we do, we do in love. And I just think that's part of what we all have to do. The church has to become a place where it's the most loving place on earth. And if the church of Jesus Christ, since God is love, if we became the most loving place on earth, People would be breaking down our doors. Huh? But people come to our churches and they don't feel loved. They don't feel people won't even go out of their way uh, to say hi to them. It was great this past weekend. We had a, a couple with a young baby came in, uh, just moved into the thing. And they came next door to fellowship, and people went out of their way, and I got to spend time with them um, just to go out and to reach out to these people. There is such a disconnection, and we need to have connection. We Again, uh, speak the truth in love. Sometimes we're always speaking truth. And I, I know that, again, some of the preachers, the Catholic ones, the priests, like, again, I talked about the one guy had like 193,000 views within a week. And it wasn't Father Mike Smith's. Father Mike Smith's a great guy. But it was all just negative, judgmental. And I'm thinking, there are 193,000 Catholics that that's what they believe. No wonder nobody wants to come to church. I wouldn't want to come to church. Why? If we are, we, again, we have to speak the truth, Father, the truth in love. And what's the ultimate truth? God is love. Now, again, 
God doesn't tiptoe through the tulips. Jesus didn't tiptoe through the tulips. Many people didn't like him, but he laid down his life for others, and we got to be doing that. And if we are serving, then we can't be judging. You know, and uh, we just got to stop it. The church must come to a conversion where we're reaching out in love to people. All people. We don't decide whether they're worthy of love. We love them, period. That's what we got to do, okay? Okay, let's go here. In praying, what's the best way? So hopefully that helps. Northeast wind in Florida is colder than air. It is. I swear I was colder down there. I love your honesty from day one. Some priests are snobs and never express love. One in Erie wouldn't let my uh, niece be a godmother because she moved away and wasn't tithing. Terrible. <laughs> tithing. Oh, holy. Oh, please. Jesus blessed them, but also said, go and sin no more. Yes, 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 he did. But first he says, neither do I condemn you. Get it, get it, get it. That's the problem. We don't say, neither do I condemn you, before we say, go and sin no more. People jump right to go and sin no more. That's not the way Jesus did it, and that's not the way you're called to do it. And if that is the way you're called to do it, you're called to repent. You will not enter the kingdom if that's the way you treat people. You got it, you got it, you got it. Everybody goes to there because that makes them feel good. That God says go and sin no more after he says, does anyone condemn you? No one sir then neither do i condemn you that comes first and if you don't say it first keep your mouth shut period i can't take people that constantly want to focus on go and sin no more without saying neither do i condemn you you need to get it in order. You don't go say, go and sin no more and then come. Don't start with me because that is not of God. The accuser is the evil one, the devil who night and day accuses them before God. We need to set them free so they can sin no more. Do you got that? I said gently, kindly, and compassionately because honest to goodness, when people, that's the problem with the church. Of course we go and say sin no more after we say I don't condemn you. And if you don't do the first part, don't you dare do the second part. Because if people don't know that you love them, they will continue to sin because they're trying to fill up emptiness. But if you love them, they will stop sinning because you've given them true love. That's the way it must be be must be and all these other people that say the opposite they're not of jesus christ because that's not the way jesus did it all these people i always say just go back to the gospels what did jesus say the fullness of it all not what other people said and people say well this document says this and they only follow the documents they agree with when a new document comes out from the pope of the church they don't agree with it because it doesn't fit their theology what well, their theology is wrong and we got to stop this and I'm sorry, I get very, very, because this is what's exactly the matter with the church. People are dying of damnation out there, and we're worried about going to no more. Only, only they will stop sinning if you love them first and say, I don't condemn you. <sighs> Can you see? I get a little, 
hot. Anyway, do 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 do. Go and sin no more. Thank you. Question about our Hope TV. I have been having a problem getting the morning mass live. I end up using YouTube. Am I doing something wrong? I have no idea. You have to ask Mo. So send a letter to the uh, uh, the reason for our hope. The reason for our hope, and ask them, and they'll be able to help you. Because I really don't have much to do with it. I just put it on. They have to worry about all the other stuff. Please pray for me to stop losing my pregnancies. I've had more than ten miscarriages. I'm so sorry. Uh, get a miraculous medal and wear it, and have your husband wear it too. Uh, great things can happen. Our Lady can do great, 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 great things. Great miracles. I just gave this uh, last three days. I was in three different hotels. I gave three miracle. I gave three uh, miraculous medals. And again, the same one. I say, keep us close to Our Lady. Who always draw you closer to Jesus. And great miracles will happen in your life. So get a miraculous medal. Keep it close to you, on you, and have your husband do the same. Uh, and great miracles can happen. You just watch. Doctor Father Martin misinterpret the declaration. Doctor Father Martin. He blessed two married men in a Jesuit residence. He did it publicly, not privately. It was planned. It was not spontaneous. Yes, that confuses me. He should not have done it. I saw that too. He was making a statement. Um, yes. Now, people like to make statements. Again, we don't ever, and again, the Holy Father, the document says we should never, ever, ever okay um, or make it look like we're blessing a couple in marriage or a blessing the union. But you're going to always have people um, that do that, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was flabbergasted by that too, uh, but it's not the teaching of the church. He shouldn't have done it, you know, but what are you going to do? Sometimes some of us priests draw people to us and we want to be the celebrities and, uh, have people like what we say and read what we do and, uh, you know, and all of us do it, I guess, in one way or another. But it's, uh, it, uh, yeah, we shouldn't do things. But again, I don't know. I don't know what was in his heart. I don't know the whole situation. It just looked bad when I saw that. You're absolutely correct, Susan. J. Susan. Don't let the ignorant lead down in the wrong path. The Holy Spirit will guide us and lead us. You got that right. Father Martin was pulling the stunt before the document and even read the document. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I was, again, not happy. The other way, I mean, I want to always be orthodox. Orthodox, orthodox. What does the church teach? And we put it forth pastorally. Yeah, but uh, again, he likes to push the envelope usually right to the end. But uh, there's one authority in the church. It's called the magisterium. That's the pope with the bishops. And so that's what I buy, and I, that's why I always read to find out, okay, what exactly the things say, what can you do, what can't you do, but I know, I get it, you're right. I'm never sure that we should ask a priest to publicly judge another priest. It puts them in a difficult position. You're exactly correct. I usually don't, uh, and I'm not, uh, but again, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to pray for all. I mean, again, after Vatican II, all kinds of wacky stuff happened too. Sometimes we go the other direction. Um, we got to stay orthodox, huh? 
and that means we speak the truth, we live the truth, we do it in love, and we live love. And uh, if you have one without the other, it's always wrong. Truth without love is spiritual rape. Um, love without truth is not of God. It's just la-la, true love, because people think that, oh, I love people. No, no, love means you're willing to die for them. So when people say love is love, that means I will die for the other person. I will die for somebody else. It isn't a feeling. It isn't how I feel with them. They may take away my loneliness. Love is about I will die for you so I can get you to heaven. Huh? So it's a much different reality. Okay. Father, can you assist, uh, explains the Pope blessing of same-sex marriage. Again, he's not in any way blessing people, blessing same-sex marriage. It is not correct. He's blessing people who are in same-sex marriages, like just like sir, people who go in, in mortal sin. So you have people that are being impure at themselves. They're still asking for blessings, right? But what they've done is put themselves in mortal sin, if you will, and separated themselves from Christ. People who have sex before marriage, people who are using artificial birth control, people who don't take care of the poor. All these people have separated themselves from God, so they asked for a priest to bless them so that they get the grace to repent. We do not bless sin. We bless people in sin so they will repent but we don't bless and see that's the whole thing what you just said is what uh, the tv has said what the news has said what uh, uh rad trads have said it's not the teaching and it's not what said always go to the document the document isn't that long read it and the first thing it says is we can never ever 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 bless same-sex marriage because it's not marriage read it read it read it it'll tell you exactly correct um, as a fourth degree knight, I stand with the Pope. Good. The message is confusing. For many, the message is dogma. It is dogma that we have to bless people. Of course, that's dogma. We do it every week. It's caused confusion to many because they don't, again, most people are uh, ignorant of what the church is teaching. They have to go deeper, and they just do. Okay? Uh, 31. Sons come to a couple when they can be blessed. Is it? Is that against the family as mentioned? The church approves sight of Fatima or a lady. Are you saying that the Pope can do no wrong? No, of course the Pope. And first of all, it doesn't matter what Fatima says. That's not the teaching of the church in any way, shape, or form. It does not. This does not take place of the church's teaching. First. The Pope can do wrong, but not when it comes out to it as an encyclical or as a letter, because that would be heresy. Always he did was say, bless people. That's not wrong. It's right. You sin. You sin. You don't deserve the grace of God. You deserve eternal damnation. That's truth. And yet you ask for blessing. Because if you think you don't deserve eternal damnation, you're filled with pride. I deserve eternal damnation. Everyone who watches deserves eternal damnation. And yet we humbly ask God to bless us so we can convert. We can bless anybody. Read, read, read the document. Don't you ever make another comment out of your mouth or on this, any kind of social media until you've read the document. Because it's sinful when you do. Because you're making comments about things you do not 
No. Do you understand? Are you mad at me? Good. I want you to do, not be spiritually lazy. Do what you need to do. Read the document. What does the Pope say? That's what you got to do before you ever make another comment. You understand? And that's for everybody that's watching. Read the document. Skit there and then sit there. And don't make all the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is Christmas, Ebenezer. So I'm sorry, I'm going to go crazy. But I figured people were going to go crazy with me on this today. So, not judging the priest, judging the actions. Yeah, yeah, it's what we all do. God knows hearts exactly. Read paragraph five, last sentence. Hello from California. Hello. Sam getting blasted. Father Larry Townsend. <laughs> breathe, Father, breathe. I know. My, my blood pressure is low, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Personal, easy, quick, how to please ask your doctor about progressive protozone therapy, praying for your needs, according to his will. I don't need protozone therapy. Don't judge the priest, just so you know. Again, the Mass is streaming live. YouTube posted to Hope TV. That helps. Father, what would you offer my, what should I offer my death for? The salvation of souls, just like Jesus did. Please pray for me. Okay. I want everybody to have a Merry Christmas. I'm sorry I got so, uh, I'm tired. I had to wake up at 3 o'clock. I haven't slept today. So uh, that's called an excuse for my uh, going crazy. That's not right. I wish, honest to goodness, I wish there was something I could take a pill so I wouldn't go crazy. Um, but it's just part of the personality. And I think that if, uh, you know, Jesus went crazy too, it doesn't, I'm not uh, putting it with me, but I got to do, um, what is the good soul truth about the Pope and Vatican and church? Oh my, the saying, I got to go. Anyway, I want you all to have a Merry Christmas. I'll remember you at all my Masses at Christmas, and I ask you to please pray for me. Uh, remember, I love you, and I pray for you twice a day. I had Mass for you this morning, and again, I will do that, and we will not have uh, time together next week. We'll meet the following week, God willing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, your high blood pressure, it's low. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> See you later.